Good morning once again, and uh, just a reminder that we are continuing in our sermon series called A Place in This World. And last week we were thinking about the afterthoughts, right? David's brothers, who you really don't know or hear much about, and how afterthoughts, and those of us that have experienced being an afterthought, have a place in this world in God. And today, we move on to Naaman. Now, Naaman, <laughs> Naaman, it says Naaman the leper in, in your bulletin. But Naaman, I should have maybe said Naaman the afflicted general. Naaman is someone who has it all together or is a person of power, but is carrying an affliction. Maybe that's something you can identify with. Someone that looks like they have it all together, but really doesn't feel like they have a place in this world. Let us pray. Shatter the silence, mighty God, with your glad and glorious greetings. Banish all our fears and give us faith in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. If there is anything said from this pulpit that is against your will, let it come to naught and do no harm. But if there is anything said from this pulpit that is according to your will, let it be heard as if sung by the voice of angels, that hearing we might believe and believing obey. Amen. Isn't it time you let your guard down? Isn't it? Isn't it time you let your guard down? Aren't your arms heavy? Aren't they heavy yet? From holding your guard up for so long. Everybody's looking for a fight. Everyone's looking. Are you looking? If you, if you admit, if you really admit it to your, are you looking for a fight? Hmm. Isn't it time you let your guard down? Are you waiting to be fought with? Isn't it time you let your guard down? The Wall Street Journal had an article this week. It was entitled, Adults are throwing tantrums in restaurants, planes, and at home. Blame the pandemic. Are any of you throwing tantrums? People throwing tantrums on you, do you have to hold your guard up? Because you're afraid of the tantrums. Fists are up with coworkers and children and spouses and news shows, come on, and COVID protocols, come on. New ideas, away. On it goes. Let's get ready to rumble. Did that okay? There's a show I love called Ted Lasso. Anybody watching it? Yeah? The show about a soccer team, not a JVB soccer team. It's a soccer team in England. It's coached by an American football coach named 
Ted Lasso. But it's about so much more than, than soccer. Just for instance, Ted is so buoyant and he's so witty, but he's also, and maybe more importantly, and it's becoming more and more obviously, he's so full of pain and you don't know what it's from. He's so full of hurt and you don't know why it's there. Because he uses this aw shucks humor and wit as his guard, right, to keep everyone out. So he doesn't have to actually reveal who he is and what's going on in his life. Got his guard up. Isn't it time you let your guard down? What's your guard? There's another character in the show. His name is Jamie Tart. Jamie Tart. Do, 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 do. Nobody else is watching the show. It's the, it's the song they do when he's, yeah. And Baby Shark. No? Jamie Tart. Do, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Good job, choir. I appreciate the, the help with the, with the Baby Shark. Um, <laughs> His name's Jamie Tarr, and he, up until now, is an unlikable brat of a goal scorer. But in one scene, he's, he, he's, he's in the locker room, and the, the team's gathered after an embarrassing loss. And Tart is on one end of the locker room changing, and in the middle of the locker room are the coaches, including a former teammate and rival turned tough guy named uh, Roy Kent. And at the other end of the room enters... Jamie's estranged father, who had, earlier in the episode, strong-armed Jamie for tickets, only to spend the game uproariously rooting for the opposing team. That's the kind of guy he is. And, and in he comes into this locker room after the game. He comes in looking for a fight. He's stalking Jamie and he's embarrassing him in front of everyone. He mocks him. He says, oh, there he is, my son, my own flesh and blood. Poor Jamie, my son. You, uh, you absolutely balled it. You balled it. What were you thinking? Whole team's right there. Look where you are now. Twaddling about with this bunch of amateurs. No offense, no offense. And you know, you know that Jamie has been dealing with this abuse from this man his whole life. And so there's something inside of you that cheers. When as his father gets really close, Jamie leans back and he decks him. Laying his father out on the ground. But you also know, you just know, moments afterwards, that this use of force and power and might and strength, it isn't going to fix anything or change anything. It certainly isn't going to heal anything. Isn't it time you let your guard down? I want to ask that of everybody this morning. But I want to ask it especially of the men in this room. Isn't it time you let your guard down? Because these strategies that we have grown up using to make everybody think that we're so strong, so often they don't lead to healing. Quick fixes, maybe. Protecting everyone from getting to know us, maybe, but they don't lead to healing. 
So isn't it time you let your guard down? Wouldn't it be worth it to let your guard down if you knew that it was going to lead to healing? It took Naaman, this character in the Bible, it took him a while to come to this realization that he needed to let his guard down. But he finally did. He's carrying this affliction, leprosy. First of all, it's sort of ironic that Naaman is carrying this affliction. He, he's a man that is described by the text as a commander of an army, a great man, a man high in favor with his master. He's a mighty warrior, which just goes to show you you can look like you have everything going for you and you can still be afflicted. Sometimes all those things, those trappings, the things we built up for ourselves, just part of the guard. Second, Naaman's leprosy is manageable. He's sick, he knows he's sick, but he's still able to function. Not only is he good at his job, even amidst his affliction, we can assume he's a good husband due to the fact that his wife's servant cares so deeply about his health. In addition, he's okay to travel, takes these long trips to visit the king and Elisha. Even as he needs healing from his affliction that separates him from the community, he carries on. And all of a sudden, we're starting to realize that this guy, Naaman, is more like us than we originally thought. Because carrying on is our forte. Putting up a good face is what we do best. It's one of our guards. We form routines. We keep our minds off things. We set the setbacks off to the side. We remind ourselves of how hard we've worked, how much we've done, how proud we should be. But it's in the quiet moments when the secrets creep in that we realize that we need healing. So what do we do? Maybe Naaman knows. Surely Naaman knows. Naaman's in the Bible and the people in the Bible know everything. <laughs> so what does he do? When we read the text that we see that Naaman does what any intelligent person of influence does when faced with a skin problem. No, not lotion. He writes a letter to the king. Of course. The king, a person in power, who has military might, he'll know just what to do. He writes a note and then he gets sent to the king of Israel, the king over the land that his military has been beating up and taking captive for years. This makes sense, doesn't it? Sometimes the way we try to heal ourselves can be pretty comical when we look at it from a distance. Ultimately, he comes to terms with this reality. It's not going to work. After all the writing back and forth, after all the whimpering and politicizing between the kings, he puts on his riding boots and he sets out to meet the one man who's willing to offer him some real hope, and that is the prophet Elisha. 
But he doesn't exactly let his guard down there either, does he? The text says that Naaman came with his horses and chariots. And he halted at the entrance of Elisha's house. And then when Elisha doesn't answer himself, when he doesn't come to the door himself, but instead sends a messenger to tell Naaman to go wash in the Jordan, it says that Naaman became angry and went away saying, I thought that for me he would surely come out. Still hasn't let his guard down, has he? Doesn't he know who I am? I don't know, Naaman. Does anybody know who you are? Naaman, does anybody really know who you are? You've had your guard up for so long. How could anybody know who you are? Have you let it down long enough for anyone to know who you are? Have you? Isn't it time you let your guard down? Aren't you getting tired of hearing me say that? Let's imagine for a moment that I invited everyone in this room to get up and move to one side of the room. I'm not going to do that. That would make you very uncomfortable. <laughs> because then let's imagine that I ask you to let your guard down and move across the room, but only if you have an affliction. Now, almost everyone would, right? Almost everyone would move across the room at that point because, oh yes, I have an affliction. You have an affliction. We all have an affliction. It's this, you know, reasonable way of letting our guard down. But what if I ask you to really let it down and admit that you're different and you have something going on that's specific to you? It helps us to know who you are. What if instead I ask you to move across the room if you're buried in debt or, or you can't deal with the financial burden that you've got going on? What if I ask you to move across the room if you've disappointed someone really important to you? What if I asked you to move across the room if you grew up on food stamps, you come from a different place? What if I asked you to move across the room if you've got some deep regret? What if I asked you to move across the room if you're carrying a whole bunch of grief? What if I asked you to move across the room and show everyone that you've got a sadness laying on your chest? Would you do it? Could you let your guard down? Can you imagine how long that walk would be? What it would be like to have all the eyes on that side of the room looking at you on this side of the room and, and having to walk back impossible there's no way I'm walking back there's no way I'm walking back unless someone comes across the room to get me right maybe that's how it would be with you too if somebody came and got me that'd be different and help me get back across because that was that was not easy and that's what happened to Naaman. 
It says, uh, Naaman turned and went away with rage, but his servants approached him. They came across the room and they convinced him to wash in the Jordan as Elisha recommended and he was healed. There was healing in that. Not the vulnerability, not the letting the guard down, but there was healing in that, that the servants came and they invited him to be clean, to be well, to be healed. And he was, he was, his flesh was restored like that of a young boy. I like to think of how in the same way, a couple thousand years later, a servant came across the room to get us. In our rage, in our shame, in our disappointment with ourselves, in our unwillingness to be known, to let our guard down, this servant, the servant who was a servant king, who did not come to be served but to serve, who washed the feet of his disciples, who took on the weight of the cross, it was in a way a, a coming across the room, wasn't it? Coming to get us from all the way across the room to say, I know you. You can let your guard down. That's what God did in Jesus. I know you. You can let your guard down. Get in to the river of my spirit and be healed. Be like you once were when you were a young boy or a young girl. God came across the room for us. That's how it was for good old Jamie Tart and Ted Lasso, too. It's a great scene with Jamie standing over his father, crumpled on the floor, lifetime of memories rushing through him. Roy Kent, that tough guy that I was telling you about, a man's man who never had anything but disdain for Jamie, he sweeps all the way across the room and he embraces him in the most authentic hug that you can imagine. And Jamie just cries. He just sobs. Both of them in that moment let their guard down. Someone has come across the room for us and for you, for this church, this community. And since he has, we can let our guards down too. When the church is at its best, when it really means to offer the afflicted with a place in this world that isn't just the arms, the hands and feet of God, it serves as the arms of the embrace that Jesus hopes to offer to. But our arms can't receive an embrace if they're always bracing for impact. So isn't it time you let your guard down? Amen.